Fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time. Even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome into the program, the pre-Friday celebration. By far one of the greatest days of the entire week. For some reason, Tuesdays and Thursdays, man, they are prime. They are primo. Obviously, Friday's a fun day, but... Tuesdays and Fridays get the least amount of credit of awesomeness that we have all throughout the week. Welcome into the program. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. However you watch or listen to the show, welcome aboard your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. Today is finally the day we get to touch on some stuff we have not had a chance to talk about in a very long time, or at all even in some cases. No guest. Our guest actually had to reschedule for today, so it's just you and I sitting across the bar, staring each other down, chitting the chat, and having the conversations that we need to have like we do each and every day. So there's a lot we want to cover today. We have presidential announcements. We have balloons. We have the theme for today. I'm going to call today's program the program on trains, balloons, and vegetables. Oh, yes. And I mean vegetables in numerous different ways you can try and articulate which way that we actually mean. Right? <laughs> which I think would classify most of what uh, the elected officials in Washington, D.C. being the vegetables they are, not actually getting anything done. So, uh, yeah, well, let's start off there because before we get into the major topic of the day, I just as I was going into our the top of the hour, getting everything ready for the program, trying to finish up my show prep on what we wanted to talk about today. I had heard this news headline, and I had to chuckle a little bit because uh, show of hands, how many of your parents or grandparents out there in the listening audience? How many of you allow your kids just to do whatever you, they want to do and eat or not eat whatever they want to eat or not want to eat when you actually sit them down for dinner? Uh, I told you a while ago there's a program that's on it's on Hulu right now. I don't know what actual network is actually broadcasting it on TV, but it's called the Parent Test and or the Parent Challenge or the Parent Test, whatever it's called, where they have these different styles of parenting and they challenge them to see whether their styles of parenting actually work or not for their children. And there's a few on there that are decent. There's a few other ones that are not so decent, like the parent led or I'm sorry, the child led and the negotiation style of parenting, meaning I'm knowing I'm going to negotiate with you on everything. You have to do something small and then as a reward by doing something that you should normally be doing, then I'll give you a treat. Almost like an animal, almost like a dog. If you go and clean your room, then you can have ice cream later. Instead of eat your damn room, go and clean it or else you're not going to get something, you know, because that's just the way things need to be. I'm sure most parents at least in our listening audience agree the fact that negotiating with your child is not the best way of parenting in any way shape or form or even child-led meaning you can do whatever you want to. We're going to be hands off and just let you take the reins and do whatever. And we're just going to be along for the ride because we're your best friend. Those styles of parenting, obviously, were some of the first ones that were voted off on the TV show because they're absolutely stupid. But uh, that's a lead up to I heard this news headline right at the top of the hour on our local stations and uh, in some of the news that I've seen online that I had to chuckle a little bit because 
Well, let me just play this and then we can get your response. In 20 American states, more than half of kids ages 1 to 5 years old don't eat a vegetable every day. And in 40 states, more than half of young kids are already drinking sugar-sweetened beverages. That's according to new CDC survey results through January 2022. The agency found the rates varied widely by a variety of factors, but even among just families who say they can afford always to eat good meals, nearly half say their young kids aren't eating vegetables every day. Wow. That audio from CBS News is the one who ran the report. Half of kids across the nation are not eating vegetables. Even for It's not even like I don't have access to them. I'm too poor to be able to get them, which you know is a load of crap anyways. Even if you do have the uh, food card, the EBT card, or the, the uh, SNAP program, whatever, the WIC program to be able to, to feed your family, um, you it's still cheaper for you to get vegetables than it is to get cheesy poofs and all the fried foods and everything else that you can get at the store. So even whether you're poor or you have the expendable cash to get whatever you need, Half of kids don't eat their vegetables today. I find that interesting in a world where we have major health issues and we rely so heavily on a healthcare industry because everybody in their kitchen sink has some form of a heart disease. Everybody in their kitchen sink has some form of uh, threats of heart attack or diabetes or remember that TV, diabetes. Not that I'm making fun of diabetes in any way, shape or form because it's a horrible disease, but you could solve a lot of these issues, heart disease, heart attacks, strokes. Uh, diabetes, uh, any of these, uh, obesity, extreme obesity, whatever, although they say that that's fat shaming in some weird way, uh, that somehow that those are on things that now you just need to take pills for, when in fact all you have to do is just make your kids eat the damn vegetables at the table. Little voice of reason, thank God that she's awesome like this. She does not fight a whole lot of this. She tries to tell us once in a while, you know, I'm not, I don't like this, but we tell her you can't get up until you eat it. Or... You at least have to try it a couple of times if it's something new. Or she tries to play the, I'm too tired, I just want to go to bed. And we say, uh-uh, fine, okay, then we put it in the fridge and you eat it for breakfast tomorrow, knowing you're not going to get out of it for one. And number two, it's probably going to taste worse reheated up in the morning as a leftover than it is later on. So, I mean, if she's obviously not hungry, then she's not hungry and we'll just make her eat it later. But you're not going to get away from eating certain things that are healthy for you that we know are good for you and that you need to eat. But the fact that parents are just okay with this, oh, 50%, the majority of kids, especially in households where they can afford the high-end stuff, even the the, uh, the raw stuff or the... Uh, whatever the hippie stuff is nowadays that's uh, that's out there that's like, oh, the no pesticides and stuff, no GMOs, whatever else they try and say that's, that's out there that's all fresh and clean and healthy for you, that even 50% of them say they don't even eat their vegetables. Come on, man. I had to throw that out there uh, for all the parents that are just cring- cringing right now because they realize, wait a second, what the hell's going on with the kids out there? And then you make them realize that later when they grow up, they're not going to eat and have very good eating habits, and then you're going to see all the health issues. And then we wonder, gee, the healthcare system's broken because everybody's always sick all the time. Really? Blows my mind. All right, let's get into what's trending. What do you say? We spent enough time on that. What's trending today? Let's get into the train derailment first off in Ohio. Speaking of health issues, the mainstream media is still not covering this as much as it needs to be. Uh, we actually have Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary right now, that has kind of sidelined this and saying, well, you know, trains just kind of crash all the time. It's not a big deal. It's not that big of an issue. Don't worry about it. Well, this uh, horrible situation has gotten a particularly high amount of attention. There are roughly 1,000 cases a year of a train derailing. 
So that's the justification that Pete Buttigieg has, the head of the Transportation Department in Washington, D.C., who, by the way, is supposed to be centralizing all of the transportation, the infrastructure that's supposed to be upgraded across the nation based on this multi-trillion dollar infrastructure package that we have nationwide right now. And he just blows it off as, well, there's about a thousand derailments of trains nationwide every year. Not a big deal. Now, the fact that this one had some chemicals on it, and in fact, some chemical experts and chemical handlers in the local area of the area of Palestine, Ohio, say that we've essentially just destroyed an entire city. We basically nuked a town with chemicals so we could get a railroad open. I was kind of surprised that when they quickly told the people they can go back home, but then said if they feel like they want their uh, their homes tested, uh, they can have them tested. I, I would have far rather they did all the testing. That was from WKBN Radio, as uh, that was their actuality from there. That, uh, that guy's name was uh, Sil Caggiano, who's a hazardous uh, material specialist. And we've essentially nuked a town. We've nuked a town with the chemicals that have spilled over in here in our mainstream media and the federal government. Just looking the other way, not a big deal. In fact, this happens all the time. While this uh, horrible situation has gotten a particularly high amount of attention, there are roughly 1,000 cases a year of a train derailing. The reason this has gotten so much attention is because if you look outside of the United States for just a second, I know it's hard to do at times. And while you don't trust our mainstream media here in the U.S., in fact, a lot of people don't trust our mainstream media here in the U.S., if you go outside of the United States and you look at some of the media, they are comparing this train derailment spill of chemicals as our U.S. version of Chernobyl, which if you don't know what Chernobyl is, you can look it up. You Don't watch the movie. Read the documents first before you watch the movie because the movie's kind of creepy. But they're saying this is equivalent to Chernobyl here in the United States with how bad this is. People are getting sick. They're concerned about water contamination in a vast area with everybody's drinking water. Pets are just keeling over and dying. People are getting nauseous or having headaches or having major issues. It is a major issue, and yet the Environmental Protection Agency is going out there just to interview individuals, not sending an entire fleet. Uh, For those that don't know, a couple of months ago, here in the Kansas area where I come from, in Washington County, which is right up near the Nebraska-Kansas border, we had the very first Keystone oil pipeline spill with like 14,000 barrels of oil that spilled in our area. They are still cleaning that up. They said that it's cost over three point whatever million dollars, thirteen million dollars, whatever it's been, to try and clean this effort up here in Kansas. And the EPA has been all over this, saying it's such a disaster. We have Democrats throwing a fit about oil, throwing a fit about oil pipelines, throwing a fit about drilling for oil because it's an environmental hazard, even though it's only happened once in the entire existence of the Keystone Oil Pipeline. They're throwing a fit, but yet now we have a train. That has spilled massive amounts of chemicals under the watch of the current Department of Transportation and Pete Buttigieg, who's that secretary, who has no idea what the hell he's doing. And they say, well, not a big deal. We're going to go and interview people and knock on doors and just talk to people and walk around their homes and see what it's about and do some time. And if you want some free testing, we'll give you testing, but it's not mandatory. You can go about your day. You can go home. You can go about and do your thing. Now, the spill happened from the company of Norfolk Southern, who's the railroad company that handled that one. They've now had, according to the latest today... What's trending today? They've had now a secondary train derailment up in Michigan. 
in Van Buren Township in Michigan. Now, they say this one did not have chemicals to it, but another derailment as they investigate what the heck's going on. And the question is, what the heck's going on? Why are we seeing so many derailments? Why are we, okay, 1,000 a year? I seem to find that quite unlikely. Coming from the Mid-America region myself, just basing it on experience from what I see, I don't see a whole lot of trains getting derailed. I can see that how it could possibly happen on occasion, on rare occasion, if a tree falls into the uh, to, you know the rails and the train doesn't see it in time and it takes like a mile for it to stop, I can see issues like that. But for something just to completely go off, which apparently, according to the one in Ohio, where the chemical spill happened, they say that the axle broke. Okay, I can kind of see that. At the same time, what kind of maintenance are we doing to make sure these trains actually don't have these issues moving forward? I think that we should be focused on issues like that. But while we're focused on what the heck's going on and to make sure this doesn't happen again, under the watch of Pete Buttigieg in the transportation department, because he's supposed to be handling all of these things, this is what he's focused on right now. We have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a, a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, you know, doing, doing the good paying jobs don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. Um, okay. That's the latest that he has is that, well, we need more construction projects, but we need construction projects from people that are actually in the communities that are of that diversity and that minority community to build them in their local areas. That's what he's working. He's working on diversity of the workforce as opposed to figuring out what the hell's going on to make sure we don't see another Chernobyl in the United States by chemical spills, killing off animals, killing off individuals, poisoning the water systems. And he's not that worried about it. With Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. So we have two in the last week. Two train derailments, both from the same company. And, of course, the response from Pete Buttigieg has been, of course, during this entire thing, is that, number one, well, not a big deal. There's a thousand trains that get derailed every year, so the fact that this one just had some chemicals on it was just unfortunate, but really not that big of a deal. Number two, we need to focus on transparency issues like diversity. They make sure the workforce doing construction projects in certain communities, the people with the hard hats look like the people that actually live there, because apparently that's a big thing. Um, I guess that's what we need to focus on or something. The other reason is that, well, if we do see derailments from trains, it's probably because of the prior administration and Donald Trump, which is what he said. That's really what Pete Buttigieg said. According to Fox News, there was a tweet that was out. We've constrained by law on some areas of rail regulation. Now, remember. To them, the only reason accidents ever happen in the world and things that ever happen are because of the lack of government control in an industry. That's the way Democrats think. So you have to be in the mind, put on the hat right now, of a progressive liberal Democrat. I know that it stinks and it feels really, really weird, but do it for just a second, sit in their shoes for a minute. To them, the only way something ever gets fixed is if the government ends up passing regulations to control it. And therefore, there won't be any more accidents, right? That's the theory. So the tweet from Pete Buttigieg says, quote, we're, we're constrained by law on some areas of rail regulation, meaning we're not allowed to regulate as much as we'd like to. 
like, according to him, breaking rules withdrawn by the Trump administration in 2018 because of a law passed in Congress by 2015. Well, we are using the powers we do have to keep people safe. And of course, I'm always ready to work with Congress on furthering or in some cases restoring our capacity to address rail safety issues. Now, according to the investigation from the according to the investigation from the EPA and from whoever's doing the investigation on this railroad company, they say that it was not the brake issue that had an issue, but in fact, it was the axle that broke. So I'm not quite sure why the brakes have anything to do with the axle here, because he says that the reason this happened is because Trump deregulated the train industry and got rid of certain brakes and regulations on the brakes for ones that carry hazardous materials. And therefore, that's why it broke. And if we could just restore those, then all of a sudden we wouldn't have these types of accidents, even though that has nothing to do with the incident. I'd like to remind you as well that Pete Buttigieg, by the way, is the guy that really has been a disaster from the Department of Transportation since he's taken office and taken that seat, which he was supposed to be the big hoorah, the new Democrat Party guy, the new big, young, flashy, cool, hipster kind of dude that was going to win over everybody. He's taken over, and since he's taken over, we've seen a hack into the aviation industry where we saw massive delays and cancellations of flights during the holidays, mind you, November and December of last year, where they're like, yeah, we're not quite sure what happened, but we're going to get things back on track. Then we had... The infrastructure bill that was passed where many states are still waiting for that money, where they say things like this, the accidents from the train industry, wouldn't happen again because we can actually upgrade some of the rail uh, rail cars. We can upgrade some of the uh, railways and actually you know, maintain things and fix things and upgrade things. A lot of states still waiting on that money. Hasn't quite happened yet. We're also seeing this disaster, multiple trains, but yet he's blaming Donald Trump. And they continue to focus on the consolidation and the centralization of power at the federal level. If the government can't handle what they're already doing, then you would think that maybe they would back off just a little bit and that we could handle it in the private sector where things seem to run relatively smoothly in the private sector. Because if things do fail, then the business fails at well because people don't want it any longer. So while they look to consolidate health care, they look to consolidate this infrastructure They look to consolidate environmental issues. They look to consolidate social programs. They look to consolidate the entire, essentially, the economy at the federal level by growing government programs. They can't handle the things they're already doing because the things that are already being handled are falling apart, which means either, number one, you have a guy that's not qualified for it, or number two, the government just can't handle what they're already in charge of. Which is a concern. Lots more coming up here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason, common sense, rationale, whatever it takes. We make it happen. Welcome into the program. Thanks for hanging out today on the home stretch here for the last half hour of the program. It flies right on by. The train derailment is an absolute disaster. Pete Buttigieg at the helm of that one, blaming the Trump administration, of course, because, well, they got rid of brake regulations. And if we could just regulate things more, then it will get better for some somehow, some way. If the government could just have more power, then all of a sudden things will get better, which is what they advocate for all the time. Welcome back into it. Uh, trying to cram that 10 pounds reason 
into that five-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation, one radio listener at a time. Speaking of more government control, I'm starting to realize I'm sticking with my original theory on this balloon issue as well. I want to shift gears for just a minute. We can go on about the train derailment forever because it's an absolute disaster and the fact that we now have our own U.S. version of Chernobyl, according to the foreign media outlets, calling it what it is, with how bad some of this stuff is, even locals and hazardous uh, waste material specialists saying, like, yeah, we, like, nuked an entire town. We basically nuked a town with chemicals. I mean, (laughs) when you have that type of mentality, it's not just, well, it's kind of bad, it could get worse, it could be worse. No, no, no. No, we nuked them. We basically nuked a town with chemicals so we could get a railroad open. I was kind of surprised that when they quickly told the people they can go back home, but then said if they feel like they want their uh, their homes tested, uh, they can have them tested. I, I would have far rather they did all the testing. Do you think that they're trying to downplay it to kind of stop the panic from the, from the general pop- population, the general public? Do you think they're trying to get rid of the panic? Don't panic. Everything's fine. Everything's it's not a big deal. I mean, I know the government tries to, quote unquote, and I use this very loosely, protect us not protect us from actual security issues, although they try to do so. The military, props to those guys for actually, and gals, for protecting us. But, I mean, psychologically, mentally, do you think they're really trying to protect us here? Of, well, it's way worse. We just don't want to let people know about this. I'm telling you, pretty soon we're going to see those commercials on TV. It'll be like, if you were involved in this or if you had exposure to, call this 1-800 number now. You know it's going to happen. But they're not telling us about any of it right now because it's all about the control, controlling the situation. Just like with the balloon issue, I'm sticking with my original theory here. Or the original theory is they botched the spy balloon from China so badly that now they're trying to overcompensate. You ever have one of those scenarios maybe in a relationship if you're early on in the relationship or with your boss, with your work, where they catch you and it's something stupid. They catch you maybe not working as hard as you should be. Or maybe you got busted from your significant other because you were doing something you weren't supposed to be doing. And they're, in, you, they're mad at you. You know that they're mad at you. So you're trying to overcompensate to make them happy again by doing really sweet things and really stupid things as well. If your boss is mad at you, you're like doing really, you know, going above and beyond doing extra projects. Hey, boss, check this out. I did this. Aren't you proud of me? Because you're trying to overcompensate for them because you feel guilty about what they busted you doing. Or with the relationship. They, they caught you doing something stupid, so now they, you bring home the flowers. Oh, no, there's totally not a reason why I bring home the flowers. No, there's no reason at all. You're just trying to overcompensate the happiness, and you realize you're doing that, and maybe even they realize you're doing that because you feel guilty. That's where the Biden administration's at right now when it comes to the balloons. They botched the Chinese spy balloon so badly, we knew when it launched, we knew where it was floating, We knew where it was going. We had days, even weeks before it even got over the U.S. Then by the time it got over the U.S., we caught it. We recognized it. People saw it in the general public and said, what the hell is that thing? And the government said, well, now there's nothing we can do because we don't want to shoot it down over a populated area. We need to wait until it gets over the ocean, then shoot it down. Meaning we need to let it actually finish its mission and duty before we actually do anything about it. Then we shoot it down, and we do the recovery, and China's like, yeah, that's great. We appreciate that. Can you bring it back to us? We'd really like it back. And I bet you we're probably going to do it, even though we don't announce it to the general public. They botched that so badly that now they're overcompensating. And they're overcompensating by either one of two ways. Either we're creating our own drones or 
uh, let's call them UFOs for the sake of what whatever they are, the un- unidentified flying objects, UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomenon, whatever you want to call them. We're creating our own intentionally to shoot them down to look like we're being proactive now and trying to be on the ball here, quote unquote, or that's not ours, but it's just the general population. It's just drones from the public. That, again, we're overcompensating for in any little blip on our radar. We're just shooting down without even hesitation or thinking because we're trying to be proactive and overcompensate for the disaster that we had prior to because that's the way Democrats in the in the Biden administration and really politicians in general, that's really the way that they're trying to act right now to win over the public's trust all over again. There is a headline from, and I'm trying to find it right now, uh, from AviationWeek.com where apparently... There is a balloon that a hobby club that's partnered with NOAA, if you know what NOAA is, the uh, uh, I'm trying to find the, uh, there it is, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, the ones that check the weather for you. If you go to NOAA.gov, you can find the weather in your area, you can find all the trends of weather, whatever. That Apparently there's a hobby club that had partnered with NOAA for a balloon that went missing around the time that we started randomly shooting things down from out of the sky. And while the government is saying, we don't know what these things are, they're just coming out of the blue, we have no clue about them, two things is happening. Number one, we have private groups like this now saying, we can't find the balloons that we actually put in the air to survey weather patterns. Number two, we now have the Biden administration calling on additional regulations for aviation and what's in our airwaves. I'm I'm done. So now we have the government that's looking for more government regulation on train derailments because if we only had more regulation, that way we could solve these. We now have as well saying that we need more government regulation on the air uh, on the airwaves than what's floating around in our skies because we don't know exactly what those things are. As he says, he's developing a sharper rule, meaning the Joe Biden, Biden administration, to track down, monitor, and potentially shoot down unknown aerial objects following three weeks of high-stake drama that's sparked by discovery of a suspected Chinese spy balloon and transitioning into other issues across the country. Now, there are, for those that do not know and may not have a telescope or may not pay attention to a lot of these things, there are an infinite amount of things floating around our skies. There are balloons, there are satellites, there are now drones, and the fact that it's becoming more open to the public means more of the public are actually using these tools to fly things around. And now there's the question of what is your airspace? What are you allowed to do? Do you have to register it with the FAA? What, I mean, you have major towers like radio towers and satellite towers that are out there that uh, different aviated objects need to be aware of so that way they don't crash into them. And Joe Biden now is his genius response to all this is that we need more regulation and sharper rules, quote unquote, to track down and potentially shoot down and monitor and track the things that are floating around our skies. Because the overcompensation for the disaster they created is so bad, they're shooting down random balloons and random things that we don't even know what they are that have probably been floating around our skies for years now. But that's their grand plan, is more government regulation. More government more government regulation, more government control, therefore, again, we can somehow fix the issue and make sure nothing happens because they're going to enhance their technology. They're going to regulate these things even more to track down everything. I mean, they already do track down everything that we do, but they're going to do it even more so 
by regulating even the drones that you have to another degree of what they already have control over because they're concerned about Chinese spy balloons that they allowed to happen. So we allow the Chinese spy balloon to float over the country. We shoot down random weather pattern balloons that our own private sector is using because we can't tell the difference. So either our technology really, really sucks because we can't tell the difference between the two, or there's a certain agenda behind the scenes here. And that agenda is the fact that we're controlling the airwaves a heck of a lot more. Maybe bleeding in if you want to put the tinfoil hat on for the conspiracy theories about Project Blue Beam, which is being able to control and lock down things, militarize and weaponize uh, space and, and our skies because we just have to, because we're going to stage some type of UFO invasion or ET invasion. That's one theory out there. It's a little far-fetched, but with how much we're talking about this now, I wouldn't be surprised. The other issue now is, you remember the story that cried uh, the boy who cried wolf? Oh, yes. Now we have the boy who cried wolf because while we're shooting down random balloons with individuals saying, oh, yeah, by the way, we had one working with Noah and we can't find it anymore with our weather patterns. Now we have NORAD today with our headline of the day. What's trending today? Saying that now for two days in a row, Monday and Tuesday this week, they've intercepted Russian aircraft that are flying over Alaska. So we've shot down Chinese air balloons or we didn't shoot it down. We shot it down after it was done. We're shooting down other weird objects that we have no clue what they are, and the government's not telling us anything about them. Now we have the Russians that are flying close into our airspace. According to Newsmax, the North American Aerospace Defense Command had to scramble fighter jets two consecutive days to intercept a Russian aircraft off the coast of Alaska. And they're supposed to say that, hey, they're telling us now, need to be prepared. They're getting really close to our airspace here. There could be potential conflict as the Alaska Air Defense Identification Zone has been intercepted and intruded on by Russian aircraft. So be prepared. Again, fly with fighter jets scrambling to get into the air to defend our airwaves and our airspace. And we're supposed to just jump on board and just say, oh, okay, sure, go ahead and do that because the Russians are on the way now. This is after their overcompensation from the issues that we've seen over the last couple of weeks. I... I'm concerned about the Russians because obviously they're a crazy communist dictatorship that wants to destroy the world and Vladimir Putin doesn't care anymore because he's probably on his deathbed with cancer. Nonetheless, how much are we supposed to be in a panic state of paranoia of what's in our airspace because the government's been shooting down random weird balloons and drones and yet we're now supposed to be concerned about something like this. Again, don't cry wolf unless there's something serious going on here. You've cried wolf three times now with shooting things down over the last week. How concerned are we supposed to be about this issue? That's the big question, isn't it? This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program on the home stretch here. Last few minutes of the program. Always appreciate you hanging out with us today. By the way, if you want to hear any more of this content, any of our other episodes, you're more than welcome to at our podcast, The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hoosier, by the way, spelled with no I, H-O-O-S-E-R. Also on our website at HoosierReason.com. Our social media at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media sites. It's all the same handle. Very easy for you to find 
uh, for as long as the interwebs allowed to be there, right? I mean, once everything crashes because China's going to be, you know, blowing things up or shooting off that EMP. Well, that's the theory, isn't it? Right? The whole reason for the balloon spying where everything's at. There are some concerns about it, and uh, I don't know whether it's going to be true or not, but let's hope to God not. Now we have the boy who cried wolf with the Biden administration overcompensating for blowing uh, blowing up and shooting down things out of the sky that we have no clue what they are that are probably maybe just personal drones or something or balloons out there for weather-related projects. The government wants more control over them, just like they do with the healthcare industry or social programs or the infrastructure plans or the environmental plans or whatever else they want to try to control. Government all of a sudden is going to regulate it and it's going to be so much better. We start a new organization, we start a new agency or department, and then voila, everything just falls right into place here. Just like how well the train derailment was. If only we could have fixed those brakes that Donald Trump deregulated back in 2018, then the axle wouldn't have broken for the train to be derailed. Because that makes all the sense in the world. In fact, it was Pete Buttigieg who has yet to get the money out there to revamp and overhaul some of the infrastructure, including rail cars, to make them more sustainable and a little bit stronger. Yeah, that's not the problem at all in any way, shape, or form. Now we have balloons, and now we have the boy who cried wolf, because now we have the Russian fighter jets that are flying close to Alaska, scrambling two days in a row now with the U.S. Air Force trying to get fighter jets up there to ward them off. And are we going to get the answers from those? Probably not. Only, and I mean only, if the pressure just keeps up. Congress has got to not get off of this. They've got to stay with this. Um, You know, most of the senators that came out of the closed session briefing, the classified briefing, said they walked away with absolutely very little information, a whole lot of doublespeak. Um, This is really dangerous stuff. We don't let other people's aircraft fly over our nation. We certainly don't trivialize spying on our nation. And when we don't know 100% what's on board these things, how can we honestly say that the American people will never endanger? And then why do we blow up crime scenes? Why don't we just shoot these things with bullets and recover them and then analyze them to find out what Chinese strategic intent is? That was Blaine Holt, a retired Air Force Brigadier General on Newsmax. Um, Not a whole lot of information coming out. They want more control and more regulation on just about every industry, but yet we want less of the information coming out to the public. I have to admit, whether you like Donald Trump or not back in the day, I enjoyed the fact that he stayed there for a press conference for two, three hours at a time debating the media, talking about issues, giving out everything that they had with Task Force and with Mike Pence uh, regarding the COVID-19 pandemic, that he was there. It was an open book. Again, whether he liked his administration or not, even as a Republican, that being in media like myself, his team... His entire administration, himself, the VP, his spokespeople, his media people, his people that work on the campaign, whatever, they were all the most open, transparent people I have ever seen working in media and radio in my life. Even as a host who obviously is not the most biggest syndicated host out in the world right yet, yet, it's going to be though one of these days, I promise you. But as we continue, and even though we're a smaller, somewhat relatively radio show uh, compared to other big national ones across the nation, still had opportunity to reach out to these individuals and get them on programs and talk to them on local levels all over the country. Why? Because, sure, they wanted to promote their agenda. They understood PR and campaigning, which is why he was such a great, successful business guy. But he was open and transparent and wanted the information to get out there. Now we have the Biden administration where you have a guy running it who doesn't know what he's talking about because he 
he doesn't remember who he is half the time. We have a press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, that just regurgitates whatever's in the binder. If it's not in the binder, then she says she can't answer that. And then when you ask her to elaborate further, she repeats what she just said that was within the binder because they don't want any other information to get out. And then even during classified meetings behind closed doors, they still do not have enough information to relate even to other elected officials to tell you what the hell's going on. So be scared, be paranoid, lock yourself in the house and just listen to the radio and listen to the TV on what the media is telling you to do so, but we're not going to give you any information on really what's really happening. We apparently still don't know anything about the balloons that are being shot down or these objects that are being shot down. We're keeping the concept open of potential ETs, which is a bunch of bogus hooey right now, even though I believe in those things. That's not what these things are. We're not getting information on train derailments. We're not getting information on the Russian fighter jets. Nothing. But trust us and give us more power, because that makes all the sense of the world. That does it for us today. Back at it again tomorrow for the Friday. We're going to have some fun to wrap up the week tomorrow. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is the Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.